When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Let's talk about baseball. Welcome back, everyone. Happy Wednesday. I'm your host, Daniel Port. Apologies for getting this out so late today. We had some technical difficulties this morning, and I actually ended up having to go back and re-record the entire episode. Again, apologies. Thank you so much for your patience. We've got a lot of baseball to talk about today, so I don't want to waste any time. Let's just jump straight into the injury news and notes for the day. For the Arizona Diamondbacks, Cattell Marte was not in the lineup on Tuesday's game against the Giants and is listed as day-to-day with a hamstring injury. Eddie Rosario of the Braves is listed day-to-day with a hamstring injury as well and is expected to miss the next game or two. For the Boston Red Sox, Xander Bogarts is day-to-day. He was not in the lineup on Tuesday. He has a lower shin injury, and we'll have to see if he plays today. Tanner Houck was diagnosed with a disc issue in his back and will return to Boston for a week of treatment. We'll have to keep an eye on his recovery. For the White Sox, Lori Garcia is listed as day-to-day with leg soreness and did not play on Tuesday. Luis Robert was not in the lineup on Tuesday as he is still suffering from that wrist injury that has kept him day-to-day for a few days now. For the Cincinnati Reds, Hunter Green will throw a bullpen session on Sunday. Nick Senzel is still dealing with a hamstring injury and so wasn't in the lineup yesterday. And Donovan Silvano has gone on the paternity leave list as well. For the Cleveland Guardians, Josh Naylor is still day-to-day with an ankle injury. He did not play in yesterday's game. We know the Guardians take it pretty cautiously with his ankle, so we shall have to monitor stats for today. Willie Castro for the Tigers is day-to-day. He was scratched from Tuesday's lineup against the Guardians due to a wrist injury. The Houston Astros, Almedes Diaz, is a day-to-day as well. Manager Dusty Baker said that he's probably not available for the rest of the Astros' current road trip, which runs through Sunday in Atlanta, as he's dealing with groin discomfort. For the Los Angeles Angels announced that Mike Trout responded well after taking live batting practice on Monday and could be activated by the Angels this week. And finally, Joe Adele was out of the lineup yesterday against the Mariners with a thumb injury. For the Dodgers, manager Dave Roberts said that Danny Duffy suffered a setback in his attempt to come back from a forearm injury and said that it's pretty unlikely the left-hander returns this season. Dustin May will be activated from the 60-day injured list to start Saturday's game against the Marlins in Los Angeles. And for the Minnesota Twins, Jorge Polanco is day-to-day still with a knee injury. He underwent an MRI that came back with good signals, according to manager Rocco Baldelli. For the New York Mets, Taiwan Walker was removed from Tuesday's start in Atlanta due to back spasms. Carlos Carrasco went on the 15-day injured list after suffering a side injury in his start on Monday. And Eduardo Escobar also is listed as day-to-day with an undisclosed injury. For the New York Yankees, Luis Severino threw 25 pitches in a bullpen session on Monday and indicated that it went well as he attempts to come back from a lat injury. Clay Holmes said that he's been dealing with back spasms for the past couple days. It sounds like he might require a stint on the uh, injured list to rectify that. Yankees manager Aaron Boone said on Tuesday also that Giancarlo Stanton is expected to embark on a minor league rehab assignment within the next few days as he attempts to come back from an Achilles injury. And DJ LeMahieu is still day-to-day with a toe injury. He did not play on Tuesday, and they are currently debating whether or not the injury will require a stint on the IL as well. The Oakland Athletics' Paul Blackburn was diagnosed with a torn flexor tendon sheath in his right middle finger on Tuesday and will wear a splint for the next six weeks. Ramon Lariano was placed on the 10-day injured list Tuesday with a left oblique strain. And in good news for the Athletics, they called up one of their top prospects, probably their number two prospect, Shea Langelier, to start at catcher. 
More on that later. For the Philadelphia Phillies, Brandon Marsh is listed as day-to-day with a leg uh, injury. Bone bruise is uh, the diagnosis after leaving Tuesday's win over the Reds. They're awaiting the results of an MRI. Kyle Schwarber is also listed as day-to-day with a calf injury. Uh, apparently, it sounds like he will not return to the lineup until right around Friday. For the Pittsburgh Pirates, Mitch Keller was removed from Tuesday's start against the Boston Red Sox after two innings due to right shoulder fatigue. We should know more about that today. And Cabrian Hayes will be placed on the 10-day injured list with a back injury. And for the St. Louis Cardinals, Jack Flaherty allowed two hits and a walk while striking out four over three scores innings in his rehab start for AA Springfield. And Juan Yepes, according to Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel, Yepes won't be activated from the 10-day injured list on Tuesday because it appears he's also looking to overcome an illness that popped up during his rehab. For the Tampa Bay Rays, Wander Franco was removed from his rehab game with AAA Durham on Tuesday due to general soreness in his right hand as he attempts to come back from a wrist injury. Kybert Ruiz is day-to-day for the Nationals with an undisclosed injury. And last but not least, for the Atlanta Braves, Mike Soroka finally started his comeback from a series of Achilles injuries as he began his minor league rehab assignment. He went four innings, struck out eight, and looked just absolutely electric for the, considering he's pitching for the first time in nearly two years. Very exciting to see, and we should know more as he continues his rehab. So... On to the hitters. Uh, there was a lot of hitters, so I'm going to try and get through as many of them as I can that are fantasy relevant that kind of caught my eye yesterday. For the Phillies, playing first base, Derek Hall went one for five with a home run. That's his ninth home run of the season. And Hall's been really good uh, since being called up. He was an unheralded prospect, but he's hit three home runs in his last seven games and six home runs overall in his last 30 games. Over that time period, he's at 271 with a 310 OBP and a 533 slugging percentage. He really took off this season in the minors in just... 72 games played at AAA. He had 20 home runs already on the season and was a 132 WRC plus hitter there at AAA. In, in an interview with David Lorela of Fangraphs, he talked about starting to try and use his legs more to drop down and get pitches that were down in the zone and remove some of the holes in his swing. And it's really helped him take off this season. The power looks for real. That gives him 29 home runs on the season so far as a whole with time to go still. The stat cast information all backs it up so far in the season. He's got an 18.4% barrel rate with a 46% hard hit rate, 17.9 degree launch angle, a 91.6 mile per hour exit velocity. It all looks pretty solid so far. He hits it in the air 44.8% of the time while pulling it 41.4% of the time. He's got a 23.1% home run per fly ball rate. The only downfall is he's not played much against left-handed pitchers. He's only gotten eight at-bats in the season so far against them. So right now he's almost in a pseudo platoon, but lately he's been playing pretty much every single day. He's been a much better hitter at home. While they will finish up one more game here against the Reds there in Cincinnati, they take their next 11 games at home which could lead to a great little run here for Hall. He's barely rostered in any leagues. You absolutely should be picking him up in any league you see him available. Also for Philadelphia, Garrett Stubbs went two for three with a home run, three RBIs and two runs scored. He's been having a fantastic season, hitting 288 on the season with a 360 OBP and a 538 slug. He's got five home runs in his last 30 games. He's absolutely crushing the ball as well. The hard part is he's the backup catcher for Philadelphia, so he doesn't play every day. This is more of a player to keep an eye on uh, when Rio Muto needs a day off for daily leagues or for DFS or in an Otnu league or things like that if he needs some help to catcher. To give you an idea of just how well he's hitting the ball, though, when he does play, he's got a 147 w- WRC plus on the season. And it is worth noting that he did make an appearance in left field the other day, and apparently in the minors, he played a bit in the outfield and got time at second base. Maybe we might see him start to play more in other positions in the field because if he keeps hitting like this, you have to imagine Philly will try to get his bat in the lineup as often as possible without removing Real Muto. For the Reds, Jake Fraley went two for four with a home run and two RBIs. I talked about Fraley on yesterday's episode, so go ahead and check that out if you want to hear my take on what Fraley is doing. For the Red Sox, Tommy Pham went two for four with two runs scored, and since coming to Boston, he has been absolutely 
mostly on fire. He's hitting over the last seven games, hitting 344 with a 364 OBP and a 625 slugging percentage. He's got two home runs over that time period. In the 13 games since he's come to Boston, he's hit 11 of them. He's currently riding an eight-game hitting streak over that time period. He's got three home runs and three doubles. He's got a 130 WRC plus in August with 11 runs scored. He's leading off for Boston. He's got 13.2% barrel rate in August with a 68.4% hard hit rate. It just looks fantastic, so definitely go pick up Tommy Pham for sure. Framil Reyes homered again for the Cubs as he went two for five with two runs scored and his 11th home run. Since coming to the Cubs, he has been fantastic. He's in 346 over his last seven games with two home runs, five RBIs, and three runs scored. He's got 692 slugging percentage over that time period. He's just absolutely crushing the ball right now. I predicted that you should pick him up for today's game. I'm glad I finally got something right for once, but he's still striking out obviously quite a bit, and that's always concerning, but it's great to see the power start showing up for Reyes in droves. Go pick him up ASAP if he's out there in your leagues and you need power. Hour. Nico Horner went three for four with a run and an RBI and a double. Nothing's changed. I, I talked about Horner in yesterday's podcast as well. And while I suspect that Horner is likely a better real-life baseball player and hitter than he is a fantasy one, he's obviously red hot right now and is hitting for great average on the season, good doubles power, and driving in a ton of runs and scoring runs. So definitely go check out Horner. If he's available in your leagues, go pick him up ASAP because he's not going to be there for long. Nelson Velasquez went one for three with a double and an RBI. Just to point out, over his last seven games, he's hitting 350 with a 409 LBP and a 550 slug. He's hit a home run over that time period as well. He's just absolutely on fire. And you know, we know the power's for real. If you actually look at his stat cast numbers, they're uh, fantastic. He's, in, he's got a 15.3% barrel rate on the season with a 12.3 degree launch angle and an 89.8 mile per hour exit velocity with a 41.7% hard hit rate. He's hitting the ball really hard. At some point, you got to imagine these start going over the fence at a accelerated rate a real high on Nelson Velasquez even if we don't really start seeing it till next year for the Nationals Luke Voigt went one for four with a 16th home run on the season uh, and a walk this is his first home run since August 8th and he's been ice cold since around then he's been a much better hitter on the road uh, he's a 162 WRC plus hitter on the road with two home runs in seven games since being traded to the Nationals whereas in the six games he's played at, at home in DC he has a 78 WRC plus with just one home run he's been way better on the road and you should be looking to add him as they do go on the road for their next six games starting on Thursday. For Detroit, Kerry Carpenter continued his fantastic start to his career as he went two for three with his second home run of the year and of his career with two RBIs, a run scored, and two walks. Much like Derek Hall, Kerry Carpenter was not a top-tier prospect coming into the season for Detroit. Uh, MLB.com had him as the 15th best Tiger prospect, and Baseball America had him 12th in their rankings. So he really has exceeded expectations as he started off at AA, hitting 22 home runs in 262 plate appearances, and then was brought up to AAA, where he just continued to match hitting eight home runs in just 138 plate appearances. The power looks for real. Obviously, it's such a small sample. Every prospect report for him has mentioned that the power seems legit. He's made some real true adjustments to his swing to cover for some of the holes in his swing. It's been one heck of a start, and I, I definitely recommend keeping an eye on Kerry Carpenter. For the Guardians, Stephen Kwan continued being red hot as he went 3-4 for four with a run, a scored, and a walk. He was caught stealing, but it's worth noting, again, he's definitely uh, being very aggressive on the base paths and trying to steal bases whenever he gets the opportunity. I absolutely raved about him yesterday's podcast episode. Definitely go back. Everything there still applies and listen to that if you want more on Stephen Kwan. But if he's available in your leagues, you should absolutely be picking him up ASAP. 
Oscar, also Oscar Gonzalez, went one for four. But most of what I want to point out is he stole his first base of his career. And it's really interesting that this is another guy I talked a lot about yesterday. So go back uh, and listen to that episode to get my take on Oscar Gonzalez. But he never really stole any bases in the minors, which was surprising because then when I looked up his sprint speed, he was in the top 10% in the league. So he's got good speed and the Guardians love to steal bases. So you have to wonder if he's going to start swiping more bags as he gets more comfortable there in the majors. For the Royals, Vinny Pasquinito kept hitting. He's went two for three with a walk. I don't know how to put this other than you must roster Vinny Pasquinito. There's not a hotter hitter in baseball right now. He's absolutely crushing the ball and he's still out there in a lot of leagues. Again, I not to sound like a broken record, but I talked a lot about him yesterday as well. Go check out that episode. You should be sprinting out there to go pick up Pasquinito. For the Twins, Jose Miranda went three for four with an RBI and a walk. He's been really great over his last seven games. He's hitting 310 with a 355 OBP. And actually, over his last 30 games, he's hitting 345 with a 403 OBP and a 540 slugging percentage with six home runs. Coming this season, Baseball America had him listed as the number five prospect for the Twins, and he is the complete package as a hitter. He's got the hit tool, he's got the power. Uh, he's been really impressive so far at the major league level. He's been one of the best hitters, if not probably the best hitter for the Twins in the second half. He hit 30 home runs in the minors in 2021, and that power hasn't quite shown up at the major league level yet. He's right now sitting more uh, line drive power than he is fly ball power so far in the season. But given his skill set and given his track record in the minors, you have to imagine that that power is coming. In the meantime, he's available in a ton of leagues. Gio Urshela went four for five with two RBIs and a run scored. He's been scorching hot for actually quite a while now. He's hitting 370 with a 593 slug over his last seven games with a home run. But over the last 30 games, he's actually been hitting 305 with a 318 OBP and a 533 slugging percentage and five home runs. He's actually made some uh, decent improvements here. He's brought his barrel rate up about 1.5% to 9.7%. He has added nearly 10% to his hard hit rate to get up to 47.2%. His launch angle, he's had a couple degrees too to get up to 13.1%. And if you need help at third base, second base, shortstop, he could be a nice plug-in player for you. For the Rockies, Winton Bernard in, in his third game went two for four with two runs scored. He's one of the best stories in baseball as... He's finally at age 31, getting his shot here in the majors. He's made the most of it. He's hitting 273 on the season so far in three games. The reason I brought him up was he stole his second base today, and that gives him two stolen bases in three games played. So it's worth keeping an eye on. For the athletics, as I mentioned, Shea Langoliers came up making his MLB debut, going one for four with a double and a run scored. He was the number two prospect for Oakland, according to Baseball America, and was the number 54 prospect overall, according to Baseball America. He had hit 283 with 19 home runs and 92 AAA games this season. If you need help at catcher, it could be a huge pickup for you. Uh, now they brought him up, he's definitely probably going to be there to stay and seems to have all the tools to hit at the major league level. So definitely go pick up Shea Langoliers if you need a catcher. For the Rangers, Nathaniel Lowe went three for four, bringing his batting average on the season up to 291 with a 463 slug. He's hitting 400 of his last 15 games and 328 over his last 30 games. So he's been red hot for a while now. And in fact, if you look, he's been a 153 WRC plus hitter since June 1st. That's seventh amongst all first basemen in baseball. And he's been a 192 WRC plus hitter in August. He's still out there in about half of the leagues as well. You should be picking up Nathaniel Lowe. For the Dodgers, Joey Gallo went one for four with his 15th home run on the season. And uh, don't look now, but this is actually Gallo's third home run in four games. Games. It's an incredibly small sample, uh, but since coming to the Dodgers, he's actually been really very good. Uh, he's hitting 261. He's a 186 WRC plus hitter. He's still striking out like crazy, but that's who he is. If you can take the hit to your batting average, I definitely understand going after Joey Gallo here to see if he's feeling more comfortable there in LA than he did in New York. For the Mariners, Sam Haggerty went two for four with two runs scored and a walk. He's hitting 321 now on the season with a 514 slugging percentage. He's hitting 348 over his last seven games with a home run in there and two stolen bases. 
And I get chasing the stolen bases if you want, but I'm skeptical this continues. There's no real signs in his stat cast data. He's got a 3.7 uh, barrel rate with a 29.6% hard hit rate. W combine that with then a 13.7 degree launch angle. And while I know normally we want that launch angle, that's not great given he's not hitting the ball very hard. So I just have a skepticism that this continues, but I understand trying to ride out the hot streak if you want to. For the Angels, Luis Rengifo went two for four with a run and two RBIs hitting his ninth home run. I think he heard me talking smack yesterday about how I didn't expect this to continue. That's now his third home run in his last seven games. And while I'm still skeptical that the power continues, as I start to look more and more, he's actually raised since August 1st his barrel percent up to 7.4%, his hard hit rate up to 40.7%, his launch angle up to 10.7 degrees, and his exit velocity up to 88.8 miles per hour. And so you, you wonder if, while that's still not like excellent uh, power stat cast numbers. What you wonder is if he's gotten to the point where he's becoming a hitter who, while he doesn't barrel the ball as often as you would want, when he does, he gets the most out of it. So when he does barrel the ball, it's going for a big hit. This makes a ton of sense. In August, he's hitting the ball in the air at a 48.1% rate. So perhaps that is the case that he's getting the most out of every barrel that he gets. For the Giants, finally, Evan Longoria went one for four with a double. I bring him up just to note that after homering yesterday to have a double today is really nice. My take on Longoria still hasn't changed. He's still a hold. Don't go rushing out to pick him up yet, but keep an eye on him. He's coming around. It looks like his his numbers are looking a lot better. He's a 117 WRC plus on the month with that home run. What's really encouraging though is in the StatCast data where he now is a 13.3% barrel rate on the month with a 60% hard hit rate. So keep an eye on Longoria. If he keeps keeps this up, you definitely should add him. So moving on to the pitchers though, let's talk about the Giants. Uh, these are all sort of the fantasy relevant pitchers that I saw yesterday. With the Giants, Jake Junis went seven innings pitched, giving up one earned run, striking out seven. This is a big bounce back start for Junis. He had given up nine earned runs in his last two starts while going only six innings combined over those two starts. His hard part is if he has to rely on his fastball, he's going to struggle. Uh, if he can keep his fastball percentage somewhere around 25%, he really is successful because then he can lean on his excellent sliders and changeups. In, in this game, that his slider and changeup contributed 14 of his 16 whiffs in the game. He looked really good. Those two pitches are devastating. So long as he can continue to do that, I think he will continue to have success. He's in Colorado for his next start. And unfortunately, the problem is that means his slider and changeup won't be breaking as much. He probably will have to rely on his fastball a little more. So you can avoid that one, but I definitely would be keeping an eye on Jake Junis for streaming throughout the rest of the season. For the Angels, Jose Suarez went 5.1 innings pitched, giving up three earned runs with five strikeouts, giving up just four hits. And for Suarez, this is actually a pretty solid start. And he's been pretty solid over his last seven games. He's got a 3.89 ERA, over 34.2 innings pitched with a 1.04 whip and 32 strikeouts. He apparently made some tweaks to his changeup and it's really helped him over his last few starts. It made a huge difference. Honestly, he was really in control of this one if you watched it right up until the sixth inning when all fell apart that third time through the order. That's where he gave up all of his runs in the game. I think if he can continue to cut down on the walks and keep that whip down while keeping a solid, if not spectacular, amount of strikeouts, he could be a good streamer down the stretch. I really like what Suarez, what Suarez can do with that changeup. He gets the Rays in his next start, and at first you'd, you'd hesitate to put him in there, but I'm going to actually, I would actually start him there, as the Rays over the last 30 days have been 28th in the league in runs scored, so their offense is really struggling right now. For the Cardinals, Jose Quintana went five innings pitched with two earned runs, two walks, and three strikeouts. This is nearly Quintana's third quality start in a row. On July 10th and July 15th combined, Quintana gave up 10 earned runs in back-to-back -back starts, but since then, he's been fantastic. He, uh, with throwing 29.2 innings pitched with 24 strikeouts and a 1.52 ERA, and this coincides with him actually moving a little bit away from his changeup and slider and focusing more on his curveball and fastball, both of which have been absolutely fantastic this season for him. He gets Arizona his next start, and I'm absolutely starting him there, and I think you should, especially with the Cardinals defense behind him, be thinking about adding him to your rotation and not just as a streamer. For the Royals, Zach Ranke went six innings pitched, uh, giving up one, uh, three runs, only one of them earned with five strikeouts. He fought his way through trouble 
all throughout the game, giving up a lot of hits. Granky's been pretty good over his last seven games, actually, though. Over 36 innings pitched, he has a 2.75 ERA, but he also has a 1.42 whip over that time period. And that's going to be the story of Granky. You're not going to get a ton of strikeouts. He's going to kill your whip because he gives up a lot of hits, but he probably isn't going to hurt you too badly in ERA because he knows how to work his way through all, all that trouble. He gets Tampa next, and I, as I mentioned before, Tampa's really struggling offensively right now. So if you need the stream, I could see it. I'm not going to, but I could definitely see if you need if you need to start badly. For the Orioles, Dean Kramer went seven innings pitched, giving up just two earned runs, giving up one walk, and striking out six against the Toronto Blue Jays. This is a, a huge game. Obviously, they're both battling in the, the division here, and it was a great bounce back start for Kramer after he had gotten roughed up in his last start. It, really, the things that worked for him best, his cutter was fantastic. It got eight whiffs, had a 36 CSW percent, and his four-seamer was also really good, especially at stealing called strikes in the zone and had a 39 CSW percent. When those two pitches are working together, he's really good, and they're, they've been his best pitches all season, so you want to keep an eye on how well his fastball and his cutter are looking. He gets Boston in his next start, and I'm probably not starting him there. That's a risky start, but I also understand he's been so good and been good against good teams that if you want to go with him there, I definitely understand it. For the Rays... Jeffrey Springs went five innings pitched uh, with one earned run, a walk, and a strikeout. It was surprising that Springs did this well, honestly. The results do not accurately reflect how well he pitched. He did not pitch particularly well. His changeup was the only pitch that had a CSW even over 30%. But just, I think he got a little bit of fortune rolling his way in this one, especially since the Yankees kind of look a little rudderless right now on offense. With that being said, he did get the job done, and you can't blame him for that. He gets Kansas City next, and they're not great on offense, so I'm absolutely starting him there. But understand that he did not look as good as the box score seems to imply here. For the Cubs, Justin Steele went six innings pitched, giving up no earned runs, just one unearned run, walking two and striking out five. I picked this as my favorite streamer yesterday and absolutely nailed it. It was about time I got one. Steele's been fantastic all season. He has an absolutely nasty slider. Just watch some videos of it. It is incredible. And it was very effective in this game. He's been really good over his last seven games. Over 38 innings pitched in his last seven games, he has a 1.66 ERA with uh, 44 strikeouts. He's just been really great so far this season. And at this point, honestly, I don't think Steele's simply a streaming option anymore. If he's out there in your leagues, He's a must-add to your rotation, in my opinion, with how well he is pitching. He gets Milwaukee next. They have 85 WRC Plus as a team against lefties on the season. That's the fourth-worst number in the league. So I'm definitely starting a steal in that start as well, as that's a great matchup for him. For the Red Sox, Nick Pavetta went seven innings pitched, walking three and striking out six, giving up no earned runs. This start was a lot more of the Pirates aren't very good than anything Pavetta necessarily did well, especially when you factor in the three walks. I'm still staying away, especially uh, when you consider that he gets Baltimore next. For the Marlins, Edward Cabrera was fantastic. He went four innings pitched, striking out seven and walking two. He has yet to give up an earned run in 14.2 innings pitched across three starts. Over that time period, he struck out 21 hitters. He's been electric. He still has a lot of room to grow in the efficiency department as he only went four innings pitched in this one, throwing 91 pitches. But like I said, the stuff is absolutely fantastic and it looks good enough to have ace upside at some point in his career. He gets Oakland in his next start. That's a must start for him. And then finally, Kyle Gibson went six innings pitched, giving up three earned runs for the Phillies while striking out 11 hitters, which is awesome. He dominated with his slider in this one at a 57 CSW percent. Uh, this was his fourth consecutive quality start. In his last seven starts, he's had six quality starts over that time period, which is very consistent. He's really started throwing his curve more over that stretch, and that's really helped. But honestly, it's a cutter that has shined. It's been really good. His cut fastball's racked up 5.5 PVAL in just eight starts over that time period. Just looks really great. I, I like what I'm seeing from Kyle Gibson, especially considering he has a 312 ERA and just a .90 whip over his last seven starts. He is getting the Mets in the next start, and that's one of the best offenses of baseball. So you may not want to start him there, but Kyle Gibson can definitely be a useful pitcher down the stretch here. So that's uh, everything I saw. I know it's a lot, but there were a lot of games and a lot of really exciting things that happened. Just so we can catch our breath here, we're going to take 
Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show quick break thank you Okay, now let's check in with Mark Paquette with the weather here. Thank you very much. Looking at today, we have a mix of day games and night games, but luckily we're going to invade some raindrops, or evade, not invade. So we should have no problems here today with any issues with rain delays or postponements. So go ahead and play everything you got, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark. So now, just real quick, let's talk about the things that I'm watching today. Uh, the Phillies are going up against the Reds here, and I just like the pitching matchup. It's Ranger Suarez, who's been really good lately, uh, going up against Nick Lodolo, who has shown signs of being able to put a little bit together as a rookie here. And mostly I'm watching to see if he can keep the walks under control, because when he does, he's really good. The Orioles are playing the Blue Jays, and they are neck and neck in the wild card standings right now, and so it's a fun matchup to see who comes out on top. The Padres are playing the Marlins, and that's Mike Clevenger going against Pablo Lopez. That's just a fun pitching matchup that I'm excited to watch. And to give you an idea, in the American League, Minnesota, Cleveland, Chicago, Tampa, and Seattle are all within basically a game to a game and a half of each other in the AL Central and the wild card. And they all are playing today. Uh, it's just really something to keep an eye on as we could see the standing shuffle pretty rapidly here today. And then over in the NL, the, the Phillies, Padres, and Brewers are in the same situation. So all things we want to keep an eye on today. In terms of hitters that I'm looking to stream, I'm looking for any Royals that tend to draw walks going against Tyler Males. That's been his Achilles heel. So Pasquinito, MJ Melendez, Michael A. Taylor. Those could be really uh, good choices there. For the Guardians, anyone going against Daniel Norris. Norris relies on striking people out and the Guardians are the best in the league at not striking out. They make a ton of contact. Contact. They're super patient. When balls get put in play against Daniel Norris, good things happen. So I expect the Guardians to do well. So maybe a Stephen Kwan or Oscar Gonzalez edition would make some sense there. The Cubs going up against Corey Abbott. He gives up a ton of home runs. Maybe look at like Framel Reyes or someone like that. It might be a really nice choice there. Any of the Mariners against Tuki Toussaint. He still walks way too many hitters. That's always been his Achilles heel. And the Mariners are fourth in the league in walk percentage. So that seems like a matchup that favors the Mariners hitters. So Carlos Santana if he plays or um, anyone on the Mariners there. Any Rangers hitter against Adam Oler who gives up a ton of home runs. He's got like a seven plus year in the, on the season. He walks everybody. doesn't strike anyone out. That plays right into the Rangers hands. So I, I like that matchup. Any of the Giants against Zach Davies who's been blah. Lately, uh, has given up five home runs and 10 walks in his last five games. And that could be a really nice opportunity for Giants hitters like Evan Longoria. For pitchers to stream, Cal Quantrill against the Tigers. The Tigers aren't very good on offense. They have the third worst batting average in the league going up against a starting pitcher who excels at drawing weak contact and making string together hits to beat him. That seems like a matchup made in heaven for Quantrill. Ranger Suarez going up against the Reds. It's a mediocre offense that he's facing. Uh, Suarez has been really good in his last seven starts. And right now his best pitch that's working for him is his changeup. And the Reds really struggle against changeups. Daniel Lynch is going up against Minnesota. Minnesota's actually struggled offensively in the last 30 days. It basically has been below average. 
And he struggled against curveballs, which is Lynch's best pitch so far uh, this season. Uh, he's uh, 2.94 ERA in his last seven starts. So if with the, those first two aren't available, Lynch might uh, suffice as well. So that's what I got going on today. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for your patience. Let's watch some baseball and enjoy our Wednesday. Uh, we're halfway to the weekend. Have a good one. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.